and welcome to tonight's episode of 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. I'm your host, Rachel Vogel, and tonight we have a very special guest joining us, Jacob Thane, Senior Vice President of A&R and Head of Research and Analytics at Electro Music Group. Jake began his career at RCA Records and Republic Records. He then went to work for Sony and ATV. While there, he conceptualized and oversaw the development of an innovative data and analytics platform, which soon became the company's cornerstone of A&R functionality globally. During his tenure, he also signed and developed artists such as The Chainsmokers, Russ, Leon Bridges, Monsters and Men, and many others. Since joining Electra, Jake has signed and is currently developing artists from the chart-topping Masked Wolf to an up-and-coming country artist, Bailey Zimmerman. Jake was named to Billboard's prestigious 40 Under 40 Power Players list in 2017, as well as the magazine's pride list of industry-shaping LGBTQ executives in 2019. Most recently, his success has landed him a spot in Variety's 2021 Hitmakers and Hitbreakers list. Congratulations, by the way. So it's fair to say Jake has most likely had a hand in the success of at least one of your favorite artists. This is why we are so lucky to have him join us tonight. Jake, it's so great to be here with you. How's it going? Not bad. How are you? Pretty good. Can't complain. I know how busy you are, so I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. And with yeah, that, cool. let's... Good to see you, and I'm glad <laughs> to hang for a little bit. Thank you. And with that, let's jump right in, starting with question number one. So imagine for a second, you're sitting down with your 25-year-old self. What one piece of advice would you give him on a personal note? And what one piece of advice would you give him from a business perspective? Great questions. Um, so we're diving in the deep end here. That is <laughs> Yes. Uh, on a personal note, here's what I would say. It doesn't matter. I think even into adulthood, it can be so easy to get wrapped up in any one instance of anything, whether it be a conversation, an email, a text, uh, you know, something you're working on and essentially overblow the importance of that single incident into the bigger picture of your goals. And I think one of the things I've learned as I've gotten older, and this very much ties into the next answer about the professional, but it doesn't matter. No one single thing is ever going to be the end all be all that you think it might be in that moment. And learning to take a step back and let those feelings of strong concern or like overjoy or whatever it is, kind of just be what they are and put them into context, I think is something like, you know, I'm sure many people I wish I learned earlier, but I'm glad I know now. Of course. Still working on it though. Easier said <laughs> than done. <laughs> yes, I, I bet that it's something you much know, easier we'll, said than done. We'll probably work on forever. <laughs> yes. And then from a business perspective. On the professional side, this is something that I always kind of understood, but I never really understood the power of it until I started managing people. But the importance of business relationships, more importantly, it's not who you know, but who knows you. Mm -hmm. When I was getting started, the business was a lot more organized and controlled. You sort of went in on through the label side or whether... It was a label or publishing company, but like an entity where you know, you go to William Morris CA, what have you start early and then just kind of work your way up. Right. And even then there was an importance of networking and relationships really opened a lot of doors. And I learned quickly just 
and thankfully I, you know, my mother would be proud to hear me say this and always <laughs> taught me well. And, but just how important it is to conduct yourself well and honestly and to be professional. And I think in this market now, when the rules are broken and everyone is really kind of starting their own thing and the path to success is anything but direct and standardized. Mm -hmm. It really is about community and working together with other people and who you know and who knows you and the relationships you have really are paramount to your ability to operate. And mm -hmm. the good news is you don't have to try to do that. You actually just have to not try. Be yourself. <laughs> yes. Be yourself and be a great person and treat people with respect and dignity and be honest and fair. And mm -hmm. that will come back to you in spades. It is unfortunately it's not as it's not as common as you would think. Right. Well, that is a very important lesson, I think, for everybody, but especially for young people coming into this business, just like myself, something that will definitely take with me as I go. So moving right along, let's dive into question number two. So every industry has its dirty little secrets, and you and I both know that it's no different in the music industry. But sometimes people think that's a bad thing when it's not always the case. Sometimes they can be quite good. What's one secret that you would like to share with our listeners about the industry or A&R specifically? Um, I would say this is going to be a secret about the music industry. Okay. And this is going to be a little <laughs> unexpected, but that, you know, we're just going to kind that's of That's what there. we're looking for. So the secret about the music industry is we all take it very seriously but it's not all about the music industry. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, artists are about so much more than just one thing. And true art encompasses a lot of creative outlets. And I think the secret in this, is, I touched on this earlier, is just having perspective and right. recognizing that there are many things that impact an artist's success. You can't take the music industry too seriously. I think what we do is incredibly important. And, you know, there's nothing more human to me than music and songs. And that's why mm -hmm. I got into this. And I think I really do wake up, you know, almost every morning with some song stuck in my head. Most of the time it's a demo I'm working on. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's like a song and I'm like, oh, this, you know, you wake up and like, all right, it's still in my head. That's it. <laughs> Repeat. <laughs> right. But also having the, humility to understand that, you know, my job ultimately at the end of the day is to help an artist be successful. And that's going to come from more places than just music. My role is to do the music part and mm -hmm. to be there. And I, you know, I take that very seriously and that's a lot of it. And that's, that's the, the you know, the majority of it, not a lot of it, but have a little bit of humility and recognize it's not all about the music. There's a lot of factors out there that go into an artist's success and you have to have respect for that. I mean, just right. as an example, you know, look at a look at a platform like TikTok, which has transformed music, mm -hmm. and that's a tech company. But you can't look at an artist's success that's integrated to that platform right now and not recognize the role that TikTok plays to some degree. Definitely. So, I would say that's you know to kind of tie the answer up. That's the secret, and that's why I was actually just on an artist meeting right before this. And we were talking, and it's a new artist who's wildly talented. He's fantastic. And I really hope we work with him. And we ended the call and I said to him, look, at the end of the day, we're just going to focus on making great music. 
And that's mm-hmm. all that matters. Let the, let the rest work out and let the right. rest kind of just figure itself out. And the chips are going to land where the chips are going to land. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out the way we think it does, at least we're going to sleep at night knowing we made the best music possible and the best records we possibly could. And mm-hmm. that's key. But knowing that, that little, you know, just kind of like having a peek into that door, it gives you a little bit of perspective and a little bit of humility that actually helps you do your job a little better. Of course. Yeah. I see. I knew there were some secrets that were good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, it's hard to believe, but we have already reached our third and final question. So are you ready? Here we go. Yes. Throughout your career, I can only imagine you've been asked a lot of questions, whether for an industry conference, the media, or even a promotion. But throughout all of those interviews and all of those questions, I'll bet there was one that you have never been asked but would have liked to. So what is that question and how would you have answered it? This is the one, Rachel, where I definitely struggled (laughs) with the most. Yes, that's Um, what they all say. (laughs) (laughs) And here is the question. And and this is why I'm almost glad I never got asked it, but it's truth and we're going to be real. It is... What is the artist that you really love mm-hmm. that you might not necessarily volunteer the answer to when asked what kind of music you like? And I like every, that Everyone's got them. Rachel, everyone's got, everyone's <laughs> got the artist that's like their secret quiet artist that they, you know, adore when they're home on a Saturday night or they're home, you know, they're cooking and it's like no one's around. You just throw on the old B side and, uh, it's just their, it's like their little moment that they don't really share with other people. Yes, um, I know. I have them. <laughs> yeah, of course. Here's mine. And this, and this is a, uh, this is one that people don't necessarily expect. But when I was younger, live music was why I, I ultimately got into this business. As much as songs moved me and music really moved me, the experience of, of living through those songs from a live show was almost like an elevated dimension of being a music fan and Mm -hmm. live music played a really big role in what sort of got me you know so passionate about being in the music industry and there was one incredible live band that you know i would have never expected that i would have really become a fan of but i did i went to a few of their shows and that's fish oh and say what you will about their songs and about the music (laughs) and some people find them to they're, they're super polarizing but one thing you can't say is that there's their live shows are full of energy. And I found myself going to some shows being like, wow, like, you know, like this is fantastic. Like these live, like it, these shows are almost like living moments between the bands and the fans. And like, yeah, yeah, of course, was every note something that I attach myself to? No, of course not. But that's also true of any song and any show you go to for an artist. And, um, you know, I've never, by the way, no one's ever asked me, so I've never really brought this up in an interview before. <laughs> well, now we know. <laughs> but you learn a lot about people by asking the things that no one, that, that no one's ever asked them before. And I just, I walked away from those shows with a really renewed, every time I went with a renewed respect for mm-hmm. what it meant to get up on stage and be vulnerable, which is something that I think too few artists do, but ultimately what made their shows so successful is that they were fearlessly vulnerable they were so okay with making mistakes and Mm -hmm. to taking risks musically in front of their fans not just any fans but serious fans and 
from those risks came amazing rewards and came a lot of bumps and bruises. But honestly, I think it's the bumps and bruises in music sometimes that make it the most real. And I loved it. It was just a wild live experience unlike I'd ever seen. No one ever asked me about it, though. I've never talked about it. (laughs) And I want to ask it to other people. You you talk to a lot of music executives. What kind of music do you like? Like, What's your inspiration? And so on and so forth. And you get a lot of expected answers. But you know there's a little something in there. You yeah, know, there's definitely. always the one <laughs> there always is. And especially after hearing this answer, I love the question. I love the answer. And now if I ever get asked, I'll be prepared. I'll be thinking about it. <laughs> What's yours? Ooh, mine. Oh, I'm turning the tables back on you. Recently, the artist that I've been listening to kind of just like cooking or working out or just at random times is Clinton Kane. And um, I don't think that like when I'm talking to somebody and if I were directly asked my favorite artist, I don't think that he would come to my mind, but. Be the artist that people would least expect you to be listening to though? Um, I would say it would be a different answer if you asked my friends versus (laughs) my work (laughs) colleagues, but I would say my friends would say that that's not what they expected. Right, they would expect the typical, um, you know, pop Ariana Grande. There it is. But, um, awesome. It's been a pleasure having you on tonight. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me and our audience. And I hope that we get to have another great conversation soon. And to my 3Q listeners, I know you enjoyed hearing from Jake just as much as I enjoyed speaking with him. So stay tuned for next week's episode of 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. See you next time.